we're all completely different and I think it's important that we start defining what success is on an individual basis you know what for me success is being healthy and happy a level of contentment for me is success Welcome to the VN Times podcast. I'm VN Times editor Rachel Buzzle, and this month I'm joined by RVN Lacey Pitcher. Lacey tells us all about her new role at the RCBS as part of the Mind Matters Initiative team, how the role aligns with her core values and allows her to continue working in practice as a locum RVN. Lacey shares how she balances these two roles, her thoughts on well-being within the profession, and her top tips for looking after your own mental health. So it's lovely to have you with us, Lacey. Firstly, I want to say congratulations on your new role. I suppose not as new now, but congratulations on your new role at the RCBS. Just wondered if you wanted to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, of course. So thank you. Um, It's really, really exciting. I had no intention to leave clinical practice. I still love clinical nursing. Um, I was on a night shift and it'd been really busy and I sat down for the first time and saw a job ad for for MMI and thought oh I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that it's not something I'd ever considered but team MMI are just lovely and it kind of marries up my interest and love of the veterinary professions but also mental wellness and kind of research so it was just kind of a, a really good fit so now I sit as part of team MMI and the senior officer for outreach and engagement which means I get to do lots of the things that I love so I still get to see lots of veterinary teams I still get to visit veterinary practices and different teaching institutions and events um, and kind of have those conversations that I've been having for a long time but I now just have a space to do it um, so it's very very exciting and I love it the team are just amazing and so welcoming and have let me kind of form the role as I I want to appear as well because integrity and transparency has always been really important to me they're some of my key values and it's been completely empowered by team MMI Um, they show up exactly as they do at the events so I love it absolutely love it Oh, it sounds incredible. So pleased for you, because like you said, it really just marries up with all of your values and your beliefs, doesn't it? So that's wonderful. And I know from working with you over the past few years that mental health and well-being in general is it's hugely important to you. And you are a massive advocate for that within the profession. So how are you hoping this new position is going to help you continue championing this? There's so many ways. So I have always been a big believer in asking someone what they need um, rather than telling them what to do. Um, And that's something that I find really important, but we probably don't do enough as society to ask someone what they need. How how can I help? Um, And so with MMI, everything is, you know, we work for evidence-based professions. And so we want to bring evidence-based to what we do. Um, So... There are so many elements of research. There's lots of surveys. I think last year's RVN and SVN survey was incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, We looked at, you know, we we asked nurses, well, actually, how do you feel rather than assuming we know? And the findings were startling. And lots of the things that we kind of thought we would be doing actually were turned on their heads because um, incivility was one of the 
the key problems that nurses were reporting. And so now we're able to look at what we can do to provide support and prevention for incivility and to be able to um, give people the skills to be able to manage incivility and deal with it. So things like creating training streams with outside providers so that we can make sure that we are trying to tackle um, and provide training for people. Um, then there are research grants. The Sarah Brown research grants are incredible. There's some phenomenal research that's been done. Neurodiversity is an area I'm incredibly passionate about mm -hmm. and MMI were able to award a Sarah Brown grant to research how autism affects vets and that's ongoing. So all of that research then feeds back into MMI so we then can create training and helping mechanisms and just talking about those conversations facilitating this conversation so that we can then move forward with what's happening in the professions at the time so that we can stay nice and current so lots yeah. <laughs> lots and lots coming and I suppose you can never underestimate the value of just talking about these things yeah. it's incredibly important isn't it yeah so again it's probably going to be massive and really hard to condense down but can you share some of your future plans with the RCBS and MMI? Yeah, of course. So we have lots of training launching this year. So at the time this goes out, we have already filled our first six cohorts of our first training stream. They were filled within two days. Oh, incredible. Which just goes to show the need for the training and mm. also the levity of the training that MMI provide because we're really mindful about what we put out. And so, you know, over the years, it's gained so much respect because we, we, you know, we show up with what people have asked for. So it's exciting, but we are bringing more training this year than ever provided. So we have huge numbers of training streams, various different um, areas that the professions have, have asked for help with. And so um, that is our kind of key concentration. And then finally we can start peopling a bit more um, and I'll be out on the road so talking to veterinary students um, about what's needed and then we have our kite app as well yes completely free to use and that is bringing several new streams which is great and some student specific help because our surveys have found that students are asking for help in areas that we didn't know about before and that's really a testament to how things are changing and how practice culture is changing and education is changing that you know we're having those conversations about help so lots and lots of bits on the way and press releases to follow in the next couple of weeks so our newsletters at the moment are jam-packed <laughs> it all sounds very exciting and the kite app it's an incredible resource and it sounds very exciting for you to be able to get out and about again because obviously we've not been able to for so long but yeah. to actually get out and about speaking to people mentoring people that sounds like it's going to be incredible yeah and obviously you've got so much to do and you're also juggling this with locum life as well I understand yeah so how are you finding that balance and how did you make the decision to split your time in this way so I always advocate turning up transparently and so when I interviewed I said from the very beginning I love nursing and I love the veterinary community I still want to be part of it and the work we've done mm -hmm. you know with Vet State Diversify certainly a big part of being in the professions but I felt that to be able to say to people like 
you know I know what it's like in practice I have to know what it's like in practice and you know I've worked through the pandemic as well um and also I miss nursing I miss patients so I'm splitting my time but it is casual so I don't work kind of set locum shifts I just do them as and when I feel and I still love walking through the doors of the hospital uh, to you know old friends I've made so many friends across my time locuming and I still love it um, so I still am in my element in ICU um, yeah so I it's splitting my time is, is a challenge, mm. but it's one that I'm I'm still enjoying very, very much. That's wonderful. It sounds like you've managed, like you said, it's incredibly challenging, but you've got a best of both worlds there. And like you said, very important with what you're doing with MMI that you can say, yes, I am in practice. I do understand. I have experienced this. I do see this. I suppose that's incredibly important as well, isn't it? Yeah. And Team MMI have been brilliant in the sense that if a student contacts me and says, well, you don't know what it's like in education. No problem can I come for the day? Mm. Show me. Yeah. I will happily, you know, travel and try to understand. And I'm only going to do that by, um, for me, for seeing it. Yeah. So the open invitation is there. If you want to show me what it's like, fine. How can I help? Yeah. Where, where can I show up? You're happy to get in there and see firsthand. Yeah. Wonderful. So you've always been incredibly open and honest about your career journey and your struggles. What has helped you navigate the waters of what is an incredibly high pressure profession and what's helped you get through that and ultimately stay within it? Yeah, um, so it's a, it's a really good question. Um, and I think it's one that more and more people are asking themselves and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, when I left school, it was deemed that if you said no or you walked away from something, that that was a fail. And now I absolutely... Um, hold on to the fact that saying something that isn't right for me is not a fail having the courage of conviction to say "Mm, not right now or not this time or not this place um, is huge Mm -hmm. Um, and I have been incredibly lucky to be surrounded by some really inspirational people who have role modeled that it's all right to walk away and that's not what success means and that doesn't define us I'm certainly not defined by the numbers or letters on top of an exam paper that doesn't define who I am when I close my front door at night and I go home to family or I go to work and I think having those conversations those open conversations have meant that more people have started talking and looking at how we define how we're successful and so my career has been incredibly wiggly um, and I love it because I've taken so many different things from the different places I've worked um, and all those little elements have helped me make you know who I am Mm. and that means that when I go into another workplace I take all those elements with me and we can you know collaboratively see what what tools will be useful what um but that doesn't mean to say that I don't appreciate the people that have stayed in a job a long time I think we've stopped talking about those people that have been in a job for 20 years I have absolute admiration Mm -hmm. for anyone who stays in their role for a long time I don't think um, they're stagnant. I think I read somewhere this week that someone said, oh, you're stagnant if you stay in a place. No, if anything, that takes some doing. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. You have stuck around and been part of those 
teams and practices evolving um and I think for me it's about having a bespoke approach because we are all individual people so I love my wiggly career for me it has worked but I think there is becoming the pressure to move because some people are happy and think oh what if well actually if you're happy and it's given you everything you need why not stay Mm. we're all completely different um and I think it's it's important that we start defining what success is on an individual basis you know what for me success is being healthy and happy and content a level of contentment for me Mm. is success yeah absolutely success looks different for everyone doesn't it and I think from what you were saying as well it's very important it's that saying, isn't it, that comparison is the thief of joy. So don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. No one's career is going to be the same. It's not going to follow the same path. No. And I suppose that's the important thing, isn't it, to remember that your career journey is yours and don't compare it to what someone else's may look like. Exactly. Exactly. I've got some incredible friends who I look up to and think, wow, they're amazing. But I look up to them and think, wow, they're amazing, knowing that they're amazing at just being them. And I'm never going to be that. And I don't want to because we all bring something completely different to the table. Um, but I can still appreciate them. Um, so, yeah, it's um, for me, it's it's been an exploration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it's one that I am certainly enjoying. Yeah, I suppose it's embracing it, isn't it? Embrace that journey and where it's going to take you. So maybe to finish then, it might be a really nice idea for you to share some of your top tips with our listeners on just looking after yourself within the profession, what you can do. Yeah, of course. Um, So one of the key things for me surrounds psychological safety. Um, And it's something that we're starting to talk about more. And there's some brilliant people doing some great work in this area. Um, But what someone feels comfortable doing, and that changes throughout our career. But I would start looking into and understanding what psychological safety means, Mm -hmm. the ability and comfort to say no, to say I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. That's outside my skill set. Can you show me? Can you teach me? I don't want to go into practice late at night. I don't feel comfortable. Um, And having those conversations, because in my earlier career, there were certainly things that I didn't necessarily feel safe with whether that being uh, patient checks on my own or you know a a patient that was slightly fractious and it wasn't something I'd yet learned and I now know that the leaders in my practices at the time would be so upset to know that I'd done something I didn't feel comfortable with and actually I didn't tell them either and so they had no way to help me because they didn't know I needed help and so when we talk about psychological safety I think the conversation has to involve everybody. I've also come to learn that leadership is an incredibly challenging skill, but leaders can come from anywhere. Um, Some of the most inspirational people that have had real big impacts on my career were not the people at the top of businesses. They were students who navigated how to create the best patient care how they can advocate best for the client who's um, having a difficult time they were the people that went the extra mile in the small things Um, and so for me I would say never underestimate 
the small impact of small choices, small changes and small conversations, because it might be a lasting impression for somebody that gives them that complete career pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of thinking big, I implore people to think small I just think we got really good at thinking oh, I've got to get this certificate and I've got to have all these post nominals and I've got to be a head nurse and I've got to and those things are amazing if you want them absolutely and if you get there celebrate it but we got so busy looking at all the big stuff that we we forgot to, to celebrate the small things the small things in each day and although that might seem you know really fluffy actually it really helps mm-hmm. we completely underestimate how much good we do if you're just looking for the next big thing um so whether that be that you're in clinical nursing and the anorexic patient wagged its tail and ate for you or that you're out of practice maybe you're in education and a student got it they struggle with calculations and the way that you've explained it made them feel that they could go and take their exam and they got it and you did that that's because of you actually these are not small things they might seem like a small part of your day but the implications of those are huge that patient goes home to their family who love them and that student goes to their exam feeling that they can actually do it and gets that qualification because you helped you gave up a little of your time so they're not small and we miss them because we're looking for the next big thing and if we just started celebrating small, I just think the implications are huge. Yes, they're not going to take away lots of the stresses and struggles that we have. You know, that's multifaceted. There are people doing brilliant work yeah. to research that. Yeah, absolutely. But there's got to be something in celebrating small. It just kind of keeps us grounded. And how much nicer a culture to create for young people for you know we've all said oh when I was a student I struggled with this or when I was a vet student I well actually why do we want anyone else to struggle if we can implore children Mm. and young professionals coming into the profession to celebrate the small wins that has got to be a better thing to champion for me personally celebrating the small wins is something that I find very important personally and it's something I teach my own children you know because like you said those small wins they may seem small but the effect they can have around you going forwards it can be huge and I'm a big believer that those small wins they lead to the big ones yeah someone stopping to say oh are you okay today oh I've seen you you've you've been in your office all day here's a cuppa yeah just that's not small no that can turn someone's day around completely yeah yeah and we miss it because we get busy yeah oh well that's definitely something for everyone to think about isn't it start celebrating those small wins and just those little acts of kindness that could make all the difference to someone's day and in turn your day yeah it's just a much nicer way in which we can live um so yeah paying kindness forward is never going to be a moment wasted no quite agree and what a lovely place to end it Lacey thank you so much thank you so much for having me (laughs) no it's been a delight an absolute delight thank you so much Mm -hmm.